Welcome to Tactical Permaculture. I've worked on projects ranging from the poorest to richest clients, from inner cities to suburbs to farmlands to remote wilderness, from the eco-war front lines to celebrity backyards. In over 25 years of service to the earth and the community of life, I've learned that in the fight for sustainable survival, growing is half the battle. Please go to tacticalpermaculture.com to read my blog, watch my videos, view my photos, access web applications, and click on the join membership link to access exclusive features. October 5th, 2023, episode number 87. I'm just going to make this one quick. It's an update on my the status of my recovery from the injury that I would call borderline acute slash exertional compartment syndrome, which the basic description of is that um, in the absence of a, of an impact such as a a fall or a collision such as a car crash or some other incident causing a, a broken leg or legs typically it affects the the lower extremities the four quadrants of the legs the four different muscle compartments of the legs hence compartment syndrome but the the worst symptoms the most the scariest, most life-threatening, life and limb, or life or limb-threatening ramifications of the condition usually are with those acute incidents where there's been some kind of an impact, whereas I ended up with symptoms and And, and um, effects that were very much on the acute side of the diagnosis, even though I had only actually experienced and suffered what would be considered exertional, meaning there was no acute impact, but there was a onset of swelling and internal bleeding and a lot of other complications that flow from that, affecting circulation and death of tissue and many other very scary things that can lead to amputation or death or other debilitating indirect consequences. And there's not much you can do about it. So it's been about five weeks or so and I was thinking that I was, well, the worst possible, uh, scariest outcomes have been averted. I would say within the first couple of weeks, it was clear that I wasn't going to die or lose my legs per se from the Tropical Storm Hillary exertional events that occurred over the course of a couple of days where I was rescuing rainwater and trying to 
avoid the heat, but was so uh, deeply disrupted by the summer's record-breaking heat that uh, there was atrophy and now I understand there to be some de depletion of nutrients and just all kinds of things out of whack from all of those months of heat and probably worst of all just a chronic state of 24-7 um, what's called heat syncope which I've defined in the past and basically it's it's extremely debilitating condition of low blood pressure and low blood volume because of the way your body reacts to the heat in order to try to survive and dissipate heat from from the organs your blood gets all messed up and uh so i yeah i made it from this gradient of the the last of the worst of the summer heat to finally in the last couple of weeks some real relief in terms of nights with temperatures low enough to sleep and then eventually days that didn't just suck all of my hydration and and electrolytes and other nutrients just i just was uh, the, the days have been kind enough and mild enough that they have not been devastating the way they had been for so long but so once again, I survived not losing my legs and not dying and not having my circulation um, restricted beyond a salvageable level, although there was some issues with that. The swelling wasn't that bad. The bruising was terrible. The blood loss due to in internal bleeding was a major factor in my debilitation and whereas I felt like my my swelling wasn't getting worse and the bruises were slowly starting to get a little bit better but not much and my legs have the have this sort of um this cramped state where they where the right leg extends a little bit more than the left leg but they both only extend not much more than about halfway which means I can't even if I had the strength and the blood flow and the blood oxygenation and the, the nutrient flow to stand up which I haven't been able to this whole time for over these five weeks um the, my legs just don't have the flexibility anymore and that is due to the uh, very bizarre contortion effects of the muscle compartments swelling and being inhibited and I'm hoping not somehow chemically fused as if there was like a burn but like a chemical burn or something there's very little that I've come that I've been able to discover online most of the discussion around it is fixated on when and if and how dangerous it, it would be to intervene surgically where you're where they're 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 going in and making incisions to release the pressure and to liberate the tissue from the tension that gets created 
but it's a trade-off and it can lead to infection and amputation. In fact, what I've read is that more is that studies have shown and this is this isn't definitive by any means, but it was enough to make me feel good that I didn't get I didn't freak out and I didn't try to get emergency medical services and I just decided to hope for the best and write it out. But yeah, I think that the probability of getting infected and having amputation would have been orders of magnitude more probable had I rushed to medical attention where they would have, they would have intuitively tried to do that. But I'm trading that trading that for the longer horizon recovery timeline which is seemingly indefinite and I'm not finding a lot of discussion about what to do to restore full functioning uh, once the bruising is cleared up which by now and I'll go into what I've done to accelerate the healing and to come back from the edge of feeling like I was dying um, but the bruising has thankfully almost 100% cleared up within the last few days and I'm starting to do some light stretching and and exercising and what you might consider a form of DIY physical therapy, massage and simple movements and whatnot just trying to reactivate the, uh, the 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 communication and cooperation of all the different, all of the infinite different parts in in the legs and the feet and the knees and all the joints and luckily there's no pain in any of the motion, other than the fact that I'm only I get to it, it the way that most people would feel when they try to touch their toes. I had been wrapping my hands around the balls of my feet I was stretching I was stretching routinely every single day before this I was I wasn't as flexible as I've ever been but I was very um I, I was relatively limber I should say before this and then now what most people would feel the agony of trying to touch their toes um that's what it feels like even to try to outstretch my legs even to two-thirds of the way out between two-thirds and three-quarters is is it it it, it feels like the the tissue is is at its um, maximum elastic potential and then that's where that's where the pain starts to be um, starts to get scary and but that's pretty much the last of all of the symptoms that I've experienced, the worst of which being near total loss of consciousness when trying to even sit up, let alone stand up, and then figuring out how to recline while sitting up and not pinching my knees back so I can't kneel or sit on my knees, for, for example, but I can sort of recline backwards. Um, 
and and I've been okay with that this whole time. But uh, that's that's been the worst of symptoms plus aching, what felt like tendonitis everywhere, and certain joints kind of feeling inflamed, and just a sense that I had about like no strength in my legs at all I have to pick my legs up and drag them around and try not to twist them or turn them in a way that was going to give me extreme pain but they were pretty much 100% useless up until just a few days ago and then and then the uh, the upper body which I rely on for everything now in terms of mobility and all I could really do is drag myself backwards and kind of crab walk backwards. I can't lean forward, I can't kneel, you know, everything's got to be kind of backwards reclining. So moving across any area, whether it's been to try to go and retrieve items at the ground level uh, even getting getting up and down from <laughs> from my tiny home setup to the ground it has been an ordeal and it's all, and it's been a scary one and then kind of getting around in the tiny home square footage to do what I got to do to survive it was getting worse and worse up until the last minute where I finally had help that I partially paid for and was partially was um, there were people who I who I paid to help me and there were people who came to help me without without uh, requiring compensation and so that a team some teamwork emerged that was able to get me about six months to a year worth of supplies and the logistics to get that done were some of the most epic in in my life and it was very much life and death and so i i gotta say uh those people they 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 were um they were angels and they saved my life and uh i was blessed to have the means to take good care of the people who needed money for the help and i'm blessed to have the great friendship of the people who didn't need money to help but between all of us, there was a lot that could have gone wrong and a lot that could have not gone smooth. And really, mostly thanks to them, we we accomplished the mission and we, we overcame a lot of potential um, pitfalls to logistically get that those materials out here, my staple foods and a critical supply of superfoods and vitamins and minerals and uh, and fish that I needed to, after quite a bit of research and and shopping, honestly, online, trying to figure out the most efficient way to just, at very least, make sure that if all of this debilitation that was auxiliary to the injury but but certainly seemed to be caused by it and 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 it was getting worse this lack of strength and this 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 total pain with any movement 
in all in all different places um, it was starting to scare me in, in, in looking at the symptoms of scurvy and anemia and other deficiencies that uh, may have been slowly creeping up on me but that were relatively under control but when the in- injury came around it just was a black hole sucking up vitality and nutrients into the healing process let alone all the blood that was lost so between losing blood and then having to clean up blood and not having the nutrients available to make blood I really feel like I was suffering from conditions of malnutrition and uh, and real blood quantity and quality issues that were starting to make critical tissues that of the skeletal muscular systems just start to decay and, and, and rot and fall apart and uh, and be inflamed and whatever else. But there were no blood tests. There's no medical supervision. So it was all me doing my best guesswork and diagnosis and then just wanting to take basic efforts to double down on things like multivitamin, dedicated vitamin C, and then daily fish, not twice a week fish, sardines with the heme, what's called heme iron, the iron that is uh, very accessible and what you need to to stave off anemia. I had already been I, I my my supply of sardine cans had been had been uh, dwindling and it was time for resupply anyway. This just happened to happen happened to happen at the time when a lot of my a lot of my supplies were starting to run out, but critically the fish. So now I'm back to a can of fish every day and that is within recommended parameters that are professionally professional dietitian recommended in terms of the type of meat material and and the quantity um i'd love to have a little more diversity uh for many reasons but if i gotta be on a budget and i gotta be just i gotta soldier on with a very a very steady consistent diet then it it's never sardines have never disagreed with me so that's a factor so this this recipe for me to have what i have now which i'm very thankful to say the worst symptoms have all disappeared and it took about i was hoping that i would have some indication within you know, within, within the first week of this regimen. And luckily it was only, it only took about a little bit more than a half a week of this routine that I got on. And then one morning I woke up and it was as if overnight, finally everything kicked in. And the first thing that I noticed was, oh, there's actually there's actually strength in my ability to lift myself up backwards um, inch by inch and slowly, but the, 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 the excruciating pain is gone. 
and the strength is back and that means that I'm going to make it that was and then since then my obviously my positive mental attitude has been boosted that's a major morale boost and I have felt pain rapidly disappearing and strength rapidly uh, increasing and, and returning which is everything I prayed for everything I, I hoped for and it happened even faster than I thought it possibly would I don't know what exactly the expected timeline would or, or could or should be for having an injury where you lose a lot of blood internally and you can't walk and you've, you're suffering basically borderline heat stroke and living on the edge between li living in a state of chronic heat illness and heat, heat exhaustion 24-7 on the edge of heat stroke and many other diseases resultant from that exposure and then you have a serious injury it causes a major blood loss and debilitation even further and even more atrophy um yeah i don't i don't know what i don't know what i didn't know what to expect how long to to keep enduring but by the t but literally by the time they got here with that material i was i was in so much i was i mean if i was able to to relax into a reclined position or to lay down but it was difficult to sleep um and the and and almost impossible to move without extreme agonizing pain and the fear that that this was getting worse and worse and and if and if that stuff did get if that's i don't know if that's, i i don't think i mean, i don't know how much further i could have gone without getting all that stuff delivered and putting it to immediate use and so obviously maxing out the the upper limit of adult recommended intake of vitamin c and uh and taking the daily multivitamin having the fish every day and then the other factor that's significant besides the bonus of getting some extra mulberries to add to my my seed nut and raisin daily trail mix breakfast i like to say it was the mulberries that did everything because they're so great but um, but a key factor also is the fact that I bought about 16 pounds of organic dried spinach powder. And uh, yeah, I'm aware that as much as dark leafy greens are lauded for their health benefits and as much of a of a health nut as I've been for so many years, I, I, I've developed a sort of um, reasonable phobia of oxalate crystals and therefore kidney stones. And so I've done a lot of research into that. And, uh, and the saving grace for me thus far, because I am a big grower and eater of uh, Swiss chard and beet greens and spinach and all kinds of other high oxalate but also other high nutrient types of uh, you could call them superfoods or you could just call them dark leafy greens or whatever you want to call them but there is that fear in the back of the mind and the last thing I need now is anything else to come and <laughs> make me suffer so 
Um, the good news is I doubled down on the research and my what what had been almost hearsay or sort of pseudoscience kind of um, assertions or conjecture that I've heard from fermentation folks and I've become almost 100% dependent on food preservation through fermentation because I don't cook anything and I don't refrigerate anything so whatever I grow or whatever I save um, like if I'm making a what I'm making is with this spinach powder is a, a fermented batches of ferment, wild fermented with a salt brine and it kind of turns out I add some some cayenne and turmeric and ginger powder to it so it's kind of got a little bit of a green salsa kind of a, kind of feel to it also some nutritional yeast and obviously the salt for the brine and it becomes this very thick sort of thick green salsa kind of a substance and I consume that a uh, a serving or so of that every day and uh, added a little bit of uh, citric acid crystal to it, which is known to be good for breaking up and dissolving and preventing uh, kidney stones. And also in my research, finding out that, uh, yeah, it wasn't just conjecture. Studies have shown, whatever those studies were, that uh, at least up to 40% of the oxalate can be uh, broken apart by the fermentation process in which the calcium that the the oxalate I guess molecules, chemicals, whatever the it's basically a defense mechanism that plants have to create these sharp crystals that prevent bugs from eating them and I would know that from having eaten raw, not knowing better and eating raw Swiss chard and thinking I was such a, a a beast, you know, a green beast by for doing that and then feeling like I had just swallowed a bunch of razors but but kind of just grinning through it because of how healthy it felt and yes, there's some value to juicing and whatnot, but uh but those oxalate crystals, they're there for a reason to protect the plant from, from being eaten. So they're going to tear you up on the way in and they're going to possibly bind with calcium and, and form crystals that are going to clog and create stones in the kidneys and whatnot and uh, make give you a bad day or a bad month or a bad season. So in the process of validating that claim about the fermentation really helping to actually break down the oxalates in ways that cooking doesn't, where they would say if you cook it, then yeah, you might get it out of the out of the out of the, the, the fibrous part of the plant, but then you have to discard all of that cook water, that, that sort of um, broth. And to me, that's sacrilege. I mean, if you're going to make a stew or something, <laughs> there's no way in hell I'm going to lose all the nutrients just to get rid of the oxalate. So obviously there's you could use moderation, but I need to do this high-dose deal, 
high dosage deal in order to get these nutrients back and to do the detoxing and I needed to rely on something obviously just like the fish I'd like more diversity of the meat and I would like more diversity of of the phytonutrients and the sort of smoothie and detox greens and whatnot but uh, for the for the the price and the bulk quantity limitations that were available it, it was worth it to go with the spinach now looking back after doing the research I would have mixed it up a little bit more and and taken a little more of a loss on the on the volume with the price but so far so good the effects are amazing I'm not trying to be a spokesperson for for the product but I do know that uh, I can't garden right now because I can't walk and I'm missing a season and everything is out of whack so I can't go on without a supplemental vitamins and nutrient vitamins and minerals and, and, and phytonutrients with plant chlorophyll and basically powdered organic spinach in quantity if I can get the right amount in on a daily basis and I can mitigate the oxalates by fermentation and a little bit of citric acid, then I'm I'm doing well. And I and my and what the doctors had written as far as what you have to do with someone in my condition is you have to monitor metabol metabolism and and renal function. So that's that's what I'm doing without any instruments I don't have the means to do the pressure testing on the leg muscle compartments I just <laughs> I can feel it I know it's not normal it's w all whacked out but uh, and that that some that doesn't seem to be improving on its own I feel like that's where I'm gonna have to really carefully slowly ease in the the stretching and the massage and try to get more approximation of 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 every day try to get a little closer to to full functioning and there was some writings about splinting the splinting the limb in the fully extended position immediately which I wouldn't be able to do unless I was hospitalized anyway I I, I would need the little bit of a little bit of flexibility and freedom of movement that I have even though it's restrained so that was another trade-off um, because now I've got to try to centimeter at a time try to get back that lost flexibility to even be able to be at a normal flex flexibility state where I could even begin to think about trying to use a, a walking stick or try to partially hold myself up and see if I could get at least over the sand get a couple of walk a few feet even if it's you know maybe starting out kind of like knuckle dragging and I'll, I'll look like that poster of the evolution of humanity but but yeah the the wrapping it wrapping it up uh, I'm not gonna go on much longer here make it a shorter episode but uh I'm very grateful that that mission went as well as it did. It, it took about, I don't know, a month or so of planning and and prepping and, and getting things together, getting things organized and acquired. 
and then figuring out complex logistics to get them off-grid and off-road before the sun got too high in the sky and the right people for the job, everything snapped together, which makes me feel very blessed. And and I feel equally blessed by the miracle that uh, my... Yeah, my uh, my calculations were were good enough, and yeah, I could have you know I could have spent way more money and kind of depleted funds, un- maybe unnecessarily, on way more extravagant superfoods and whatnot. But I kept it as minimalistic as I could. Also, one other thing I discovered is that there is something called oxalobacter which is a gut dwelling if you have a healthy gut you have a bacteria in your gut which breaks down the oxalate crystals before they ever get anywhere near your 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 urine urine output systems and thus are the it seems like based on my readings that the majority of potentially problematic oxalates are actually mitigated by that oxalobacter. So now I'm a worshiper of this oxalobacter that I never knew existed. And and uh, I just sing to it, I, I pray to it, <laughs> because that's, that's gonna be my saving grace because I really wanna keep up this regimen. And uh, yeah, it turns out, surprise, surprise, People that do all the raw juicing and that are the just deep, dark leafy green vegetable nuts out there, um, rarely, if ever, do they end up with kidney stones, apparently. And if, I don't know if that's folkloric or anecdotal, I don't know, but it sounded like from what I was reading from people who would know more than me, um, it's it's not i mean i i'm not going to give the citations and i'm not giving advice but I, but for my peace of mind that's a big issue that's a big concern and uh and it was helpful for me to discover these things about really how if you're eating healthy and you're eating right then chances are there's going to be counterbalancing health emergent properties that are going to reduce the likelihood uh even just hydration for example i mean there's so many factors that affect each other in order to you know dehydration is a major factor in in kidney stones period um so i'm very glad the temperature has changed because now the potential for that to be highly likely just period no matter what else is going on all of the dangers of dehydration and heat illness they've all they've all gone away now so i can actually heal in optimal temperatures that eliminate a lot of the extra risks but anyway with all that said grateful for the help i got grateful that within less than a week the scariest symptoms that were indicative of major deficiencies and inching closer day by day to the to getting to a point where my biggest fear is i'm alone it's 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 crazy and difficult and scary to be alone and to not be able to walk or stand 
and to be in chronic pain and to not know how long it's going to last and and not know whether or not this Hail Mary of supplies are going to turn me around so I don't need to do the unthinkable, which would be to tap out and go and just throw myself into the emergency medical system and then be bankrupted and probably lose my land and God knows what else, get COVID 50 million times and long COVID and end up in a wheelchair, spare changing under under a bridge uh, and even a million times worse shape and in a million times more danger. So to be able to make it here and for the Hail Mary of supplies to actually have a dramatic effect of turning everything around that was scaring me within a few days, I never felt so life affirmed. And uh, it's very, it's the most humbling thing ever. And I'm just sort of in, in, in a positive state of shock that I, that I didn't die and that, and that this was, it was possible to turn this around and I did it without a doctor and I did it without a lot of expensive modern medical intervention. So as long as I hold up and I don't get kidney stones and if I can eventually walk again, even if it takes several more months, I'm going to be so grateful that I did not go bankrupt. I did not panic. I did not risk losing my land and I did not risk a bunch of COVID and a bunch of exposure to all of the madness that is civilization that I'm out here rewilding to forget and to, and to, and to enjoy the absence of and, and have that be filled with beautiful experiences with wild animals and the stars and the sun and the moon and the horizon and the rain, which is why this whole incident happened was of just loving the rain too much, just a little bit too much and wanting to rescue it and put it to good work and good use, growing things and staying hydrated. I, I, I went into beast mode and it almost killed me. I lived, I'm telling the tale. I don't know if I'm halfway through the story, a third, two thirds, I don't know where I'm at, but I know I'm alive and I know I owe that, I owe this life to some great friends and and all of the work I've done up to this point to condition myself with education and with training in resilience and wilderness survival skills to where if I had to face this under the conditions that I am making the decisions and the trade-offs that I've decided to make that are my own that don't affect the lives of any pets, any livestock, any dependents. I'm 100% on my own recognizance and what I do to push the limits of survival beyond civilization. It's between me and the great mystery and, and the friends that I have, some of them who will take money and some of them who will, out of the goodness of their heart, come and collaborate but hopefully I never have to ask for that again. Hopefully I'll be back on my feet. And I and if I 
if I choose to, I will be able to comfortably drive the vehicles that I have, that I own, that I can drive if I, if the, if the markets are looking right and, uh, and I'm physically able to do it, but I don't like to be dependent on others. I don't like to be debilitated, obviously, but at this point, I will just take the fact that I am not in extreme pain, that my muscles are working again, all but my legs. I feel like I am 100% restored in every measurable dimension, except for just the mechanical functioning of my legs. But everything else that was felt like the Grim Reaper stalking me for those five weeks, it's all gone back to a very healthy, very robust baseline. And I'm thrilled to share that. And I'm going to say goodbye. Cheers. Cheers.